Today is July 21st, 2016. This is episode 5 of the MechaCast, and today we'll be covering episodes 8 and 9 of Mobile Suit Gundam. Our email is themechacast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments or just want to get in on the discussion, please reach us there. You can follow us on SoundCloud or Stitcher, and please rate us on iTunes. So today our summaries are going to be a little shorter than usual. We've been running a bit long on those, and we don't necessarily need to. So here's our shortened version. So episode 8 is Winds of War. The Federation and Xeon forces arrange a ceasefire so the white base can offload refugees. A clever plan is hashed, and once the battle commences, Garma's forces are wiped out. In episode 9, Fly Gundam. As Garma continues to press, Amro is growing exhausted and conflicted about his time in the Gundam. After confrontations from Bright and Frau, he is forced into action and brilliantly outmaneuvers Garma's forces. So, I'm Donovan. This is Matt. Let's get into these episodes. So, which one stuck out to you more this time around? Episode-wise? Yeah. Um, hmm, I think the the first episode eight, was it, stuck out to me more. I think I like the battle a lot better, uh, even though Jumping Gundam is a lot of fun. I like, I think I liked eight better than nine. You just like that Kai got in on the action. Uh, I mean, I like Kai, but mainly I thought Amro's fight was pretty cool. Itself, he's throwing a shield and it was like going through Saku's. That's right. That was really right. cool. <laughs> Man, I wish I would have noted that. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. But I guess we'll get to that when we get to the battles themselves. Mm-hmm. I actually liked it because I thought episode eight, The Winds of War, was a far better example of how to do tie the civilians into a subplot. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It It's like they took, they said, oh, man, we, we did a terrible job at that before. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and do it again. <laughs> yeah. So, they had the old people come back, too. As you see, they, like, walked forward with, uh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't say anything. And they, it's good they didn't, but, uh. No, they did say something. Oh, they did? I yeah, at remember. the, at I guess they're just so, at the so beginning of the episode. Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, the old people, um, they have a couple lines. They're still kind of stupid, but you know, Bright kind of acquiesces to them. Okay. So our themes in this episode is I liked the subplot with the mother and her child, mm-hmm. but more than that, I like the interaction the Zeon forces had with them, or not the Zeon forces. I say forces. I mean. The two pilots in the, uh, yeah. God, what's that ship called? Do you we, know? It's just a scouting ship. It's not the but yeah, it's dope just a, or the, I can't remember the other ones, but. It's yeah. just a patrol ship. It's a patrol, yeah, it's not meant for real, real intense combat. But I, I really enjoyed those two. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of makes you wish you almost got to see more of that between the two sides. Mm-hmm. And. Why I like them is they kind of illustrate the difference in war between a grunt and your commanders is that in a lot of ways the grunts are, it's not, the battles aren't as personal to them. They're doing their job in a lot of ways, whereas mm-hmm. we see with people like Char and Garma, it is definitely their pride on the line mm-hmm. in these engagements. For the, for the average everyday soldier like these two, not so much. Yeah, 
it's it's an attempt to humanize the other side and while I do think it's it's good to note that they they did that and they tried that and it's actually pretty effective too uh, you can tell I think in other series they do it better I think that was kind of uh, I don't know it, it just seemed like a really storybook way to do it if you think about it that's kind of what I liked about it what I thought was going to happen yeah was I thought Amro was gonna kill both of them okay. I thought they were both going to die, and I kind of like that they didn't, that they managed to get back to the mother, she helped patch him up, and they're going to go on with their lives. Yeah, yeah, um, that they were, you now, know. What I actually thought was going to happen was not only was Amro going to shoot those guys down, he was going to shoot them, and the plane was going to crash land. That would kill the mother? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a little more Zeta to gun them, but... Uh... And I guess I'm not as cynical as I typically am, because in a lot of other shows, I'm like, oh, that's great. That's going to send Amro into a lot of self-doubt. Yeah. Um, spoiler, he's going to get self-doubt. <laughs> yeah. He's going to conjure his own self-doubt mm-hmm. out of thin air. And um, I don't know. It's always nice to meet some fun characters and they get to live. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's just... You know, they, they're just supposed to do... They're just soldiers. They're probably just like, you know, that thing. Oh, we're going to take care of this. And it's like, let's just... Like, we need to do our job. This is very important that we just escort. Like, you know, this is like... Whenever you have this kind of tense negotiations, I feel like, between two sides in a war, be it whatever, it's super tense. Because you're supposed to have a ceasefire, but you have to be watching out. Because any kind of... You know, everybody's on edge. Everybody's watching. And so, so I feel like, you know, them... You know, find, oh, that mother's going over there. Let's just go fly over there and see what's up. You know, it's... Uh, well, he does say that, you know, just want to make sure, you know, she and the boy are all right. Yeah, they I mean, but they, drop are a, supplies but they are in the middle of a battlefield, too. And it's it's nice. It's good. It, it does a good job of humanizing the other side. But I'm just saying that, like, again, this is bad to nitpick the realism of Gundam. But I, I think I would have liked it better if it would have been more about, like, they were... They were there to do, do their job. Yeah. Yeah. And what, not go off? Yeah, not go off. It's like we need to report back to Garmin now. Well, I think in this over and... I think in this case, Matt, you were playing the role of the Xeon general or the Xeon commander. <laughs> I guess and so. And like yeah. the men said, you just you don't, you don't get, get guys I guess I, like I guess that. I don't I don't get yeah. You don't get don't guys get like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to be more empathetic with your men, Matt. I guess so, yeah. Again, though, it's in the middle of, like, a hostile battlefield, and you're going to send, like, your resources and your forces to go, like, escort a woman to a... No one sent that. I mean, they're clearly not following their orders. Yeah, yeah, He even states that, you know, man, if if Garma found out about this, he'd be pissed. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. He does say that. So, it's it's fine. I I don't have much... I don't know. I just think they could have... If, if I were writing it, they could have humanized the Xeon forces a little bit better. Maybe in a different scenario. But as a, it's it's a good one. Okay, we've seen one. previous attempts at yeah, this yeah, show yeah. trying to humanize people. Yeah, okay, yeah. We should give, give them a gold star for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, the severity of this war in the future is kind of how, I guess, no side really wants to take prisoner. There There is no... It's kind of relentless on either side here, and that's somewhat disturbing. I'll give you my example. It's mm-hmm. like, this is the middle of ceasefire, and both are just kind of, sides are kind of violating that, appro- or that um, 
that agreement. Yeah. Because the Xeon forces are still trying to mobilize their forces to put an end to it. Garma says, oh, great, this will give us a chance to get our slower ground forces up there. Uh And then the white base is trying to sneak Amro behind enemy lines so he can flank them. Mm -hmm. In a way, I mean, that's not a gentleman's war by any means. But when is war ever like that? Yeah, I think that definitely reflects war in the 21st century or, or after the cold war because you know we were supposed to be we we entered into an alliance to use air quotes alliance with russia to take down nazi germany and the axis powers but you know as soon as we finished we were we were at each you know russia and america were at each other's throats yeah or we were thinking about it while it was going on you know we were trying to you know make it to where afterwards I mean, you know, right after it, we had we had the division of Germany, you know, like East and West Berlin and everything. So all I'm saying is they took an awfully big risk with civilian lives. Yeah, in that case, especially yeah. the Federation. Yeah, where if they even caught glimpse, they could have fired right there, and the collateral mm-hmm. damage could have easily killed all those old people. Mm-hmm. Not that I'd <laughs> complain. <laughs> I mean, win win, right? <laughs> the kid was cute though. Yeah, the kid was cute. Yeah. It's better than that kid and his coffee bean. <laughs> yeah. Coffee bean forming grandfather, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I guess that's why I like it so much, is that it is the best example we've seen thus far of that kind of plot. Mm-hmm. Also, the, uh, an interesting uh, extension of the, the whole coffee bean speech we had, I think it was in episode, was it four, three? You Something like that. I want to say... I five maybe five, five. anyway um, that was the atmosphere battle because when they, they yeah yeah because because when the mother and her child get to uh, Saint Agnes yeah yeah and it's just it's a desolate wasteland yeah it's I was going to get anymore. to that in the yeah. design part because we're starting to see how how the war impacted this earth like well I think it's good to talk about it now we're talking about the returning to Earth themes uh, because it's like uh, the Earth is supposed to be a more, you know, a more natural place that's supposed to be more habitable than space in the colonies. Right. But in the future, what we've seen is the colonies have become a more habitable and prosperous place than the Earth has. You know, the Earth is sort of, can be used as a, a sort of example of where humanity has gone. Where's St. Angus? Well, it's that, it's that crater right there. Yeah, exactly. It's that lake. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, again, I'm not quite sure the old people's plan here. They just see a couple empty houses, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, we're going to go live there now. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, I guys. I guess they're better off doing that. I don't know. I mean, like, are there no towns in the Universal Century? Yeah, I don't know. I also think it's Japan trying to figure out, like, what, <laughs> where, you know, how the, the United yes, States is populated. Yeah. I mean... There's not a lot in the northwest or the southwest, but you got like Phoenix. And, yeah, really. And uh, even at that time, or not that time, but when the show was made in the in the late seventies, I almost, I almost, I stopped myself, went to look up if this town was a place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet because on it. it sounds like it would be in Southern California, but they were along the Grand Canyon. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No. no. No, it doesn't. Um, some other things about this. Garma's 
increasingly becoming or making mistakes as he crumbles under the pressure of trying to impress his sister, Mm -hmm. who I guess we're just, I don't know, we're just going to have to take his word for it. She must be tough to impress, though. Mm -hmm. And uh, Char, not really doing a whole lot to help him out. No, yeah. As we'll see in the next episode. Yeah. Actively working against him, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been kind of throwing me for a loop because I legitimately thought they were old Academy buddies when I first saw them. So to see this come out of it, Mm -hmm. it was getting a little weird. I mean, hey, they like each other enough that, you know, Garva lets Char crash at his place and shower in his shower. But I don't know. The severity of war, the fact that we have these craters where towns used to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can really get a sense that, oh, shit, then I can definitely see how half the population got taken out if there's just a crater there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have craters in towns even. Like, it's... Though, I want towns. (laughs) That's the thing, too. We do have... I don't... You know, you don't see anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess being Americans, we'll never really get a sense of war unless it comes here. But I know in um, some old European battlegrounds, especially, there are just uh, the two that come to mind are World War II, uh, areas in Europe that will just almost never be habitable by the amount of shells that landed there during mm. World War One. Okay. Just the constant bombardments they did mm. and the craters that filled with toxic sludge and uh, munitions, mm. just terrible places. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the bone fields outside of Stalingrad. Mm. You have miles of just human bones. Jeez. Like, like I didn't even believe it, but I think it was Dan Carlin I was listening to as he described it. And he said, and you can go there today and it's still there. Hmm. Wow. Like, that sounds something out of, like, some post-apocalyptic Yeah, novel. it really does. It sounds like something out of Mad Max. Oh, the Russian winters claim more lives than any bullets ever had. <laughs> Mother and child again, in my mind. And that's how you do a proper... Uh, that's how you garner sympathy for the old people here. Yeah. Or not old people, but civilians. civilians. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got me fooled. This is the only, like, between children and old person figure we have met is this woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She has enough design to be a main character, too, or, yeah. a, or, or moderately, uh... Yeah, like, she's not indescript. Yeah, like exactly. Like so many others. But, no, we won't, we won't see her again. <laughs> So, couple two characters in my mind from the main crew who kind of get their uh, spot in the spotlight here. Mm-hmm. Kai and Frabo. Kai definitely. Frabo, I say because she's she really came out as sort of like you remember she's got she is a character unto herself in this in yeah. this episode the way. She, well, a lot more in the next episode, but we'll get to that. I think because you know she's kind of like she's helping out, which. I mean, is she poor in the military yet? Like, cause yeah. apparently she wasn't before, but is she now? She never gets the uniform. No, she is. Well, mainly she has the uniform. It's the thing that I noticed though is she has that um a scarf, a uh, ascot. I'm not sure. You know, instead of uh, uh instead of the uh, lapel lapel or something, because all of them have the collar, the collar, but she doesn't and. I don't know. Maybe we'll see it change in different episodes, but that's the thing. Maybe that's just her design. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, this is the first episode I noticed that I always thought she was wearing like white pants. Yeah. I guess. Now that's just all leg. 
Really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Are you sure it's not white pants? Pretty sure. Okay. I, I, wow, I'm paying attention. But, but yeah, whatever. so, yeah, I guess she's, I won't say she really becomes a character because she's, she's still like, all of her motivations seem to somewhat either surround the children or, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. No. <laughs> uh, She's but. flirting with the Zion, the young Zion guy who's fine. He's yeah. like, look at this girl. <laughs> and Amra's like, what are, you, what are you doing? She's like, what are you, jealous? <laughs> Amra's like, no, I have time for women. I gotta get them. <laughs> it's all, all seriousness. Well, in all seriousness, he is about to go on a secret mission to try to flank behind enemy lines, you know, and that's pretty uh, yeah, yeah, It's but, pretty tense, yeah. Yeah, but she can be lighthearted. She she has that uh, privilege, that luxury. Yeah. Amra. Amra's a hard battle. <laughs> Battle-weary man. man. <laughs> As we will come to find out. Mm-hmm. So, Kai, yeah. I'm going to let you do your thing since Kai I mean, is kind of your man. I mean, I mean, I just kind of like him. I just don't... I think you hated on him unnecessarily. Uh, he... I don't, I can't say anything else than he, like, just steps up to the plate and... I honestly thought most of this plan, it's never outright stated who it's from, but you can tell for the most part. Like, Kai does a lot of the work involved with it, I find. Yeah. Well, everybody on the white base has to do double duty and things. Yeah. And yeah. That's gonna come it's gonna kind of be weird in the next episode especially when we find out that amro and ryu are getting bigger portions in everyone else yeah and we've seen every battle these people have been in i mean they in no way warrant larger yeah amro might ryu i don't think does might need to lose some weight (laughs) (laughs) have you seen him yeah (laughs) but where where was hayato this episode like do we see Hayato? I think he was in the gun tank. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. He was out there. I mean, he, I mean, he's so short, you just kind of lose him sometimes. I guess so, yeah. Because I like Hayato, too. I like the I like the secondary male cast a lot in, Gund- no. in original Gundam. Not the female cast. I like Sayla and Mirai. Well, I like Sayla I guess sometimes. Sayla's not really mainly secondary I like, cast. Mainly, I like Mirai. 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 I like Frabo, too. Actually, I like... I like, I like everyone. I like, yeah, I guess I like everyone. So I guess that's it for this episode. The only design thing I kind of wanted to point out, we talked about the scenery and how mm-hmm. you can kind of see how desolate the earth is. Yeah. And a pretty populated area, or an area that's populated today, and there's nothing really there. Mm-hmm. But I still can't believe they're in North America. I thought they were in, like, I, I guess I had no idea where yeah. they were at. It's kind of... Like, you know, watching that mother, too, that was a really good scene at the end. It was like, this is this is St. Agnes, you know, because it's almost you like... You knew it was coming, but... Yeah, yeah, but it's almost like the way the old man talked about it and the way she talked about it. It's almost like they made this sort of uh, religious experience about coming back to Earth. You know, it was like St. Agnes was her, mecca, was her mecca. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's all gone. It's... Uh, It was probably an old missionary town, I'd have to imagine, with a name like that. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, what does that kind of kind of say about the state of uh, the state of the earth and the state of I guess the yeah I get what you're saying. Um, Oh yeah, the design of kind (laughs) of the rocket the the jetpacks. Yeah, (laughs) 
Man, those things get get some serious thrust. I ha- I have to imagine. Yeah, that's really the fifty sci fi thing that they added in there. I like I like the jet pass. They don't are they in mainstay? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think so. You you see them in uh, the other series too. Okay. All right. So episode nine, fly gun. You don't wait, wait, wait. You want to talk about the the gun the gun cannon at all? Do we need to? I mean, it's cool. I get yeah. I guess we should. Yeah, it's so the gun cannon. What do you think? I don't know, it I think Ideon comes after it, uh Tomino's other series that he did, but like you can definitely see the Ideon's design in the the gun cannon. Arguably better equipped than, you know, base Gundam. It's kinda got the I don't know why they have the gun ca- the gun tank, yeah. I don't really know why they have that if they have the gun cannon. I bet I could Find you the specs on it. The gun gun tank probably has better range or something like it's that. It's probably got better range, and I bet its cannons are more. Powerful. Yeah, more more powerful. Something because like that. Uh, we we both seen Eighth MS team, and I remember that was a big plot when the Joff or the Goff, the Goof, the Goof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, when the goof was attacking them, they had to protect the gun, the gun tanks. Ta- yeah, because the gun tanks were shelling the Xeon base. Yeah, they probably have better range and are more powerful. But yeah. The gun cannon? I don't know. I'm skeptical of it. <laughs> I feel like, uh, just throwing out a Metal Gear Solid reference, it's a walking tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess if you gave it a beam saber, why does Samuro just pilot that? Yeah, really. Uh... Well, it obviously it doesn't look as cool as the. Why were we piloting this before? Like, why were we just sending Amro out if we had this thing too? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I can do is shrug. Okay, episode nine. Episode nine. Fly Gundam. So I think we named our first episode after that. If I get a if I get a um, angry letter from Bandai. Yeah. I guess I'll have to do something, but for right now... I don't think they'll care. They've, yeah. they've gotten at a lot of the American market anyway. Right. Okay. More Sunrise I'm concerned about. They could come after us. Yeah. 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 No, no, I did fly Gundamu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Themes in this one. This is the big Amro, like all his doubts and all his frustrations coming to a head episode. This, well, this isn't the last time. I will say. I feel like this is the big one thus far. Oh, yeah, definitely. Damn it, man. Spoiling stuff again. (laughs) I I thought it was just going to be fixed. (laughs) Now it's going to be all this tension just removed for me. I know he's going to throw another fit. You can look forward to it. I guess. Does it get punched? It's like, how does it it get bigger? You know, you can think, how does it get bigger than this? How does it go from here? (laughs) Fair enough. Amro's um, obligation to fight. Does he have one? Yes. You think by this point, you know, well, whatever not, his feelings, he has an obligation to? Maybe not anymore. But, you know, definitely, he, like you said, I fought to survive. He even told that to Fraubo. Um, But now, I guess he could have gotten off with the old people, technically. But, you know, I would figure that all his friends, or so-called friends, would want to say. At least Fraubo would. And I think Fraubo's is only, you know... Confirmed friend here. Yeah, yeah. But this also gives him, in terms of a coming-of-age tale, which it kind of is for Amaro, it gives him a it gives him a, a place there where he's wanted. It gives him a responsibility, even though that's a huge responsibility. And yeah, he's got a quite, job. Yeah, he's got a job. He's, he's you know, yeah, got a lot I, of career I, options with that. If I wanted to... You think the Federation will pay for his college after he gets out? They, they probably just... 
put him up in a, like a suite and give him whatever he wanted <laughs> after this. this happened after the, the war's over. Oh, um, <laughs> um, um, yeah. A lot of, I mean, I hear there's a lot of reusable skills that you learn in the military. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing in a young man's life. You know, if I wanted to fly, you know, a million dollar military weapons, like a fighter jet or something, I'd have to go to the Air Force Academy, study for, well, no. There'd be a lot of studying and hard work involved, and they just kind of give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, that's, I guess, I mean... In a way. He just take it. Yeah. <laughs> he just, just take it. Would he technically be a thief in this aspect? Did he steal military technology? I don't know. It's a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of, yeah, yeah. Which makes it great, those those uh, plot lines like with uh, Commodore. Commandant. Commandant. Joaquin. Joaquin. You know, he, he does have a basis for. I kind of wish he came around some more. Yeah, I, I forget if we see him again, but uh, yeah, like there is a basis for those plot lines. You know, Reed's even starting to grow on me a little bit. Yeah, I have no idea why, but usually he just kind of sits. I'm gonna miss not having like another Federation dude in the background, like yeah. for Bright to kind of fence with. Yeah, that's while true. they're figuring shit out. Mm-hmm. But Reed hasn't done anything. Well, never mind. Never mind. I was about to say he hasn't done anything stupid recently but we're getting there well, yeah we'll get there yeah um bright i mean he's really gotta start taking control here and i think he realizes that is he can't have this sort of insubordination from amro yeah amro just deciding not to fight like mm-hmm. it's like what is that and he says as much to him i mean bright's the one who told him in the first episode or Episode number two, I suppose, whichever one, with the responsibility, or, you know, with the power you now have, mm-hmm. comes the responsibility. So I guess going back to our question of obligation, Bright would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second he got in there, it was his responsibility mm-hmm. to pilot it. And I love how he kind of throws that in his face. Amro's like, if you. you know, if you need it so much, why don't you pilot it? And Bright's just kind of like, I would. Like, it's just such a childish thing to say. Yeah. And his whole, his whole, I guess, sort of mentality here is childish. And we're supposed to understand it is because he is a kid. He is mm. still a teenager. But you don't get that kind of crap from Hayato or, or Fraubo or anyone else for that matter. Yeah. Well, you get, Amuro has also killed the most people of anybody there. And he is showing very early signs of some crippling depression, which is not being able to sleep, uh, not being able to eat. So it, it's, you can see it wearing on him. Definitely. In the fatigue, we, we discussed a lot in the yeah. last episode. It's just, it's, uh, you know, I think if Bright could take it easier on Amro, he would, but as people keep saying, we can't. We have to send him out. That's like, uh, what was it? What was the episode where, I think, is it uh, Bright says, let's Amra, let Amra rest? But then and Reed, Reed's like, Reed's like, no, we have to put him back out yeah. there. And he's and he was right, too. They had to. So Reed's not completely uh, against. Yeah. Well, like, he's not incompetent. I mean, he, I, I feel that out of the Federation officers, we'll probably see he, um, he earned his rank and title. Yeah. Degree. It's a little temperamental, but I mean, hey, mm-hmm. he's got a stressful job. Yeah. So, Amro, he's, yeah, like you said, he's growing increasingly, um, the, uh, he's kind of sliding into a slump of depression here. Mm-hmm. 
And paranoia. Yeah. He mentions the Fabo just out of nowhere. Like, I think the Federation just using us as bait. And she's like, Amro, come on. Don't be so cynical. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is, there's nothing really to, to go off of to say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, other than the fact that they said, you can cover your own ass to our base. Yeah, which they, there was a message. But... There was a message that basically said, just keep heading towards Federation territory, which I can understand that to a degree. But you've got these top secret weapons. You can't send like... You can't send anything, which they do send over a supply ship. But I think they would, if I was the Federation... more than sending out like a... I'd want to, you know, I want to get it back at all costs, or at least... uh, And I understand Garmer's got a lot of men, so sending in a large fleet might be a problem, but what I guess you would think would be an issue, but the white base, one battleship, has managed to fend off... Yeah. ...so many attacks. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is... is Getting to the point where, like, they're crippling Garmer's forces. Like, it's become less they're on the run... Yeah. And it's more like, wow, we're, they're almost better equipped to handle this. Yeah, actually, you're the right. The fact that Char did everything, what we're seeing them do in the fact Char, mm-hmm. what he was doing to them, yeah. is just night and day compared to how Garma's handling yeah. things. And I guess considering the fact that the Federation is on the losing end of the War of Earth, as in the Xeon forces are have a better foothold in Earth at this point, they might not want to um, risk forces going out to cat to get the white base no. to bring it back to the Federation. They won't want to conserve their forces, especially at antagonizing a big the, the whole North American Zeon forces. So, what do you think the Federation's motivations are? Well, I guess you already know. Yeah, I'm but, not going to say anything. Yeah, fair enough. But I just I keep keep trying to. What's their end game here with the Gundam and everything? Like, what do they what do they want to do with the white base and? Why haven't they really given any explicit orders? And I more mean this, I, I suppose, after the episode ends, and I guess we can get there later. I guess right now, let's just kind of get into some characters here. Garma's arrogance and naivety kind of reaches its zenith, I mm-hmm. feel, in this episode. Yeah. Like, he goes from who I thought was going to be a pretty compelling antagonist, and he's just not. Yeah, no. He's pretty weak as... As a person, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and he's just—I guess—I mean, he's like the ultimate example of nepotism. You put someone you know or family in this position of, yeah, of authority, and they just—they're not capable. They're not. I mean, you almost kind of understand Char's contempt of him by now. Yeah, yeah. Which at this point, Char and uh, Char's not even trying to hide the fact he's trying to kill him. Oh yeah. If Garma had any sense, he would see that. Mm-hmm. And Garma's trying to prove himself too, which he makes his character look even more naive and young. Is like he he feels like he has to prove himself to his sister and just make foolhardy decisions instead of making smarter decisions. Right. I mean, we get to the point, Char. <laughs> he cuts off communications with him. Yeah. And uh, when when um and this. This is, of course, after Amuro. Amuro engages. Mm-hmm. Almost got a Top Gun feel from that yeah. scene. Amuro's engaging, sir. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No. No, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I felt okay. it. Yeah. Except for he was jumping up in the air. Yeah, he was fly Gundam, more like Gundam jump. <laughs> jump with bazooka. And the sort of through your thruster thing uh, kind of put a dent in that. 
What? Didn't completely erase it, but he did have thrusters on his back. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. He he did, but you see it used a lot. I was more making the point that it's used a lot more in other series and where they don't animate. They are flying running, around. They're, right. just, they're just flying around constantly, which makes more sense, yeah. too, because... You know, if you had a really good, awesome jetpack, why would you run on the ground? Yeah, it's just uh, just limits your maneuverability. Exactly. Yeah. But in the same, in the same case, why would you build something with legs if you could have it fly around? Yeah. I guess so. It could do both. Yep. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Char, in my mind, he's just reaching like points of evil. Yeah. Like, before it seemed that he, you know, he was actually considering a lot about the situation, and now it's just like. Well, Garment, you told us not to interfere. Mm-hmm. You, know, well, you need to see what kind of relationship Char actually has with the backstory between him, Garma, and the rest of the Zabi family, I think, before you judge his actions. So it's going to explain a lot more. It's going to explain a lot more of his character. His character is a lot more than just evil. Yeah, but it just it got to the point where I was like, Damn, he's like when Garma was flying back after Amro had you know damaged it, or, you know, seriously taking a toll on his forces. Mm-hmm. He's flying back towards it. And Amro's chasing him. He thinks that if I can get in touch with them, maybe they um you know maybe they'll fire on the ship. Will yeah. fire on Amro, and that'll basically take him out because it's the main ship of a it's the main gun of a battleship. It's the Gal. The Gal. 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 Mm-hmm. And I thought for a moment, Char was just going to, he was going to get in touch. I'd forgotten that they tampered with the radio communications. Yeah. I thought Char was going to fire on both of them. Yeah. And actually, that might have been a, well, no, that wouldn't have been smart because then they could have traced it back to his um, command. So I think he did the the better thing and just. Let what is. Yeah. Yeah. Some other things. um, We talked about Bright, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Bright's. You know, taking control of a ship. I guess he's officially captain at the end of the episode. Yeah. He'd almost have to be. No one's ever called him captain yet, but they basically say, well, you retain control of this ship. I mean, he's gotten in touch with, and he receives his orders. Yeah. You know, we don't see any him given any bars or anything, but I wonder if next episode we'll start hearing Captain Bright. Yeah. No. What about, uh, were you going to mention Lieutenant Reed's, uh, thing, or... No, I'll let you do that. Okay, okay. It was just, it was really weird, because, um, because after... Okay. They're getting overrun. They're getting overrun. Because Amro refuses to engage. Refuses to engage, and then Reed suggests that they just abandon the white things. Uh... You know, and try to, I guess, foot it to some kind of shelter or something like that. And then I have uh, no idea what's going through. That's why I said he almost got away yeah, without yeah, making yeah. any stupid remarks. Yeah, and then Bright's like, "Wait, why would we do that? We need to get this back to the Federation." And, and he's like, and, "And he's like, you know, the uh, maybe, it may, but it did a good thing. It, it boosted the confidence of the crew, right?" And I was, that doesn't that doesn't make any oh, sense. Man, like, maybe the white base uh, is in all of us. <laughs> Yeah, like we sure learned a good lesson today, didn't we? About it's like, war. Yeah, the crew got a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too bad that experienced crew is about to be hunted down like dogs. <laughs> they never make it. To the <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about here is the the or is Matilda and Matilda song. Yeah, what, <laughs> what goes on with that? Just because we're running short on time here. Mm-hmm. What. What is Tomino's problem? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that that last 
Like uh, our narration never says never says anything, anything. except like at the very beginning, oh the war humanity in space went to war and uh, and I guess, you see the college. You know that's think, the only thing. You know what I think is he thought like whenever he did that scene, like he looked at that and he's like, This is like a perfect poetic moment. And I don't know if people are, are going to see it as that. So I got to tell them. I, I have to tell them. If he would not have put that, I would have thought, okay, yeah, she's pretty. Amra's got a crush on her. Because yeah. that's obviously shown yeah. by the body language and yeah. Yeah, the things that take place. And But, but no, yeah, they're like, tell me. That's like a cardinal sin of writing. You don't tell, you show. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just frustrating. This is very just... It is not needed. Uh, this the first time he notices the scent of a woman. Was she wearing perfume? That's why like, I said he, he is like some kind of poetic moment or something like, like that. Really? Like what is this? Al Pacino's scent of a woman? <laughs> yeah, really. Hoo <laughs> Amro starts going around and doing the tango blind. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Yeah. Did you ever seen? I've seen bits and pieces. He's awesome. I mean, it's just like, it's a really weird title to have Al Pacino in there, but like, it's just like, it's a stage for him to be himself. Yeah. But this isn't the Al Pacino podcast. No, it's not. It's the Mecca cast. And I guess, uh, any closing thoughts? No. Okay. Well, this was episode five. If you had any comments, questions, or you just want to get on on this discussion, you can reach us at themechacast at gmail.com. You can follow us on SoundCloud or Stitcher and rate us on iTunes. Thanks.